Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad, no one will film it. These brave podcasters will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's a good part, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads with Sean McBee, Jeff Lewis, and Joshua Baker. Hey everybody, welcome back to Table Reads. Um, We got more of the Star Wars, the thing that you definitely wanted. So much more of the Star alleged Star Wars. How far are we? Okay, this is part Uh, four. We are on page 48 of 122. Wow. Crushing it. It's like George Lucas went back in time and is like, I'm going to beat their record for Lord of the Rings. We've started like three different movies and we're not even halfway through this movie. (laughs) Yeah, he's laying the groundwork for every single one of the nine part. (laughs) (laughs) It's bananas. Um, But let's get right into it. Previously on Table Reads. Guys, I just don't fucking know. I don't know what happened. Josh Josh and Jeff, I'm going to let you guys fill the audience in on the previously on. The one time, the one time I tried to eat a snack during the previously on. <laughs> so there was these two droids and... They were talking, and one was Danny DeVito, and one was C-3PO, and they got stuck in some desert stuff, and it sucked. They were like, man, this desert stuff sucks because I'm a space bot. And our main antagonist, Justin, hates being called a barbarian by the princess. So he punches her in her stupid face. He punches her and drags her into a cave. Things a barbarian would never do. (laughs) (laughs) And Darth Vader doesn't sound anything like Darth Vader is supposed to. And now we're where we're at. Fade in. Hey, Josh, you did it. (laughs) 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 Sub hallway, underground fortress, Tanawi. The general walks briskly through an isolated hallway, closely followed by Montross. How is Captain Oxuzo recovery? <laughs> Oxus, yeah. Oxuses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if it didn't have that weird typo thing, it's still fucked. Um, very good. He's up and around. Fine. Have Oxus and uh. Captain Valor report at 0300. He can't even remember the character names. And he's a character. Uh, Oxus. Rick. Uh. He says, fine, have Oxus and uh, Captain Valor. Yeah. What's my my apprentice's name again? Anybody anybody remember that fucking name? He has like six of them. Which one were you? Were you the one with the dead brother and the Yakuza dad? There are too many goddamn (laughs) characters. I want two converted transports, agricultural type, and two days provisions, travel papers, weapons. Contact Han Solo at the Golden Spaceport. I'll talk to him with speed. See? Han Solo. At the Gordon Spaceport? (laughs) How exotic and, like, crazy... Astro, that sounds. Where you going? I'm from Gordon. Montross turns and rushes down another hallway. Medical Center Blue, underground fortress, Tanawi. The general enters a stark white waiting area filled with scholarly looking gentlemen. An attendant greets General Skywalker and takes him into, small, into a small observation chamber overlooking a large operating theater. An elderly doctor greets him. Good to see you, General. I'm afraid we're not quite ready yet. Thank God you'll be the one taking them, though. An attendant brings in one of the scholars from the waiting area. Okay, so real quick catch up. The one thing that is going on is 
princess punched in the face has to be escorted to the Aflabloflof system by Skywalker and only two people as ordered by the queen. Like, you and two people, that's it. I don't want more than three people protecting my daughter. Which is which is convenient for Vader because he has to capture one family member of the royal family alive. So making making her leave is great because he can't get to her, or well, he can get to her easier, like a plot device or something. Yeah, yeah. if she would have stayed in the cave, there'd be no movie. <laughs> yes, the soundtrack to this movie, by the way, would have sounded like this. <laughs> what if what if the film just stopped at certain times and it's just Georgia the director's chair be like, you know, I worked for months and I really didn't know how to shoot this scene. Uh so what it would have been. And he's got like two space ships. He's like, they would have met. <laughs> like if you're watching a movie and you listen to the director talk about how he would have shot the movie. <laughs> That's awesome. He just brings in action figures. <laughs> Well, here we ran out of money, so they would have talked about the Ofuhuchi tribe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, Sean left to go find the Ofuhuchi tribe. Uh, uh, the prop that he's got. He just brings in his toys, and he's like, How many are going? 33 of the greatest scientific minds in our system. A high <laughs> price for freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. <laughs> I do. I want that. George want Lucas that. for two and a half hours. Imagine, imagine the regular Star Wars movie, but with George Lucas doing that with action figures. Cut it intermittently between yeah. the that he... Dude, we can make that. Yeah. We just have to get George on board. No. Jeff could be George. I'll be George. Fuck it. I'll He's got the Star beard. They'll play with action and figures. Then, and, then, and then Sean can be like the like the person that like like reigns George in. He's like he has like a, a clipboard or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's like standing yeah, he's like trying to Whoa, 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 him, like, whoa. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Why does he get to be a real person and I have to be a fictional person? Because you're the person, person that actually made the movie good. There, there is I'm no per- one that reigns in George Lucas. <laughs> We've seen this. <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm pretending to be George. You can just be Sean. You watch the behind the scenes of of episode one, and literally they have the screening, right, where they show the, the first cut of the movie, and Rick McCallum, the guy who's supposed to be the guy that reigns in George Lucas, just does this look of like, oh, fuck, we just made this. And he's just like crushed. You can literally, it's, they left it on the DVD for... For fucking episode one, you can that. watch I it. I did see that. They're like watching it. And he's like, "Fuck!" Like, there's like five dudes. It's like, "Oh shit, this is oh no." Yeah, like directed <laughs> by George Lucas comes up on the screen at the end of the movie, and and Rick's just like, "Oh, oh maybe I should have told George no like once or twice or three thousand times." I would love to. I would. I would love to be George Lucas doing a shot reverse shot like by himself but in real time with just two cameras like he's so he's like being like and and, it, and they would have talked like that should have been like oh there's no way i can go to space and then just show him like out of breath moving in the next guy's like <laughs> but you gotta go <laughs> i gotta write more things for them to say and he's put putting a hat on to change characters this is when we start all right, we have to get through the script, guys. Holy shit. I don't want to be doing this forever. Too <clears throat> late. Medical Center Blue, Underground Fortress Tanawi. The general enters a stark white waiting area filled with scholarly-looking gentlemen. Oh, we did that. Fuck. An attendant brings in one of the scholars from the waiting area and places him... Hold on. Is he carrying this guy in? Listen to this. An attendant brings in one of the scholars from the waiting room and places him on a large operating table surrounded by strange-looking equipment. An ominous-looking clamp is placed on the man's head. Oh, they're about to do something. They're about to experiment on this guy. How many are going? 
33 of the greatest scientific minds in our system. A high price for freedom. 33 scientists transporting a group that size undetected. I don't... Don't worry, General. All you'll be taking are their minds. <laughs> Sean... the doctor the doctor moves over to a safe like cabinet guarded by two attendants the doctor gingerly picks up a small clear vial filled with gray fluid it has a label which reads falbon astrodynamics in the background the scholar on the operating table is undergoing a form of mechanized brain surgery lottery's distillation Holy, we're getting some shit, guys. <clears throat> oh, cool. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, it has been greatly perfected. The brain is condu- condensed into five ounces of fluid. Cloning cells samples are included so that a structural duplicate of the scientist can be reproduced. When the duplicate child reaches the age of six, he or she begins a series of injections of the brain fluid. By the age of 10 years, they have received all the knowledge and memory of an experienced scientist, an old mind in a young body. We have prepared a special shot belt to carry the vial. What did I just fucking say? That's the best. What the I fuck? Love okay. Okay. So here, here it is. I'm going to translate. I'm going to translate. What? All right, what we're going to do is we're going to take the brains, we're going to turn it into a slurry, just five ounces, just five ounces of slurry, right? And then we're going to take a kid, we're going to inject that slurry, and that kid, that kid's going to have that guy's brain in them. Now, I made a belt so you can carry all these brains. How? how, I love how you became the pimp from the fucking Batman script. (laughs) How how many times is this procedure necessary? Like, is this particular scientist was this this like fifty year old scientist? Was he once a six year old child who had another fifty year old scientist injected into him? Like, is this like a fucking 500-year-old scientist brain being injected into this Also, 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 these guys are not 50 years old because I don't know if you caught Darth Vader's just offhanded comment in the middle of a fucking monologue that the people down on this planet uh, have perfected extending their lifespan by 200 years. Holy shit. This is a whole nother movie. This isn't even part of this. Right? It's like... This has no place in this. This is Logan's run. And this is before George Lucas thought about clones. Fuck! This is... Wow! Weird. There's some bonkers fucking shit going on here, guys. That's what I'm saying. How long do you guys think we'll stay on this? How long do you think this particular plot device will be important? Do you think this is the rest of the script? Or is this like something that's just just now like are they gonna make justin really fucking smart for no reason i i I, this is where midichlorians came from oh no there is cloning in here cloning is part of this process why would you just clone? you're already injecting it into somebody new they don't have to be the same person okay never mind i'm I'm just along for the ride oh oh no they're they're cloning the doctors and injecting yeah. their brains into young clones of of themselves so by the age of 6 they have oh no that's when they begin so between the ages of 6 and 10 they're being injected with a lifetime of knowledge which obviously so the- is going to drive them batshit insane you're going to have these 10 year olds with PhDs who, you know, maybe it's the second or third time down the line, like you said, and they've got like 30 lifetimes of experience and they're 10 and they're just fucking insane. Also, this is a parasitic relationship. You raised a six-year-old kid so that one day he would lay on a table and become someone else. Well, a clo- right. he's, he's a clone of the guy that he's getting injected into himself. Or sure, herself. but they, you're still a person. And then they're like, no, you're this other person now. Like, hey, you know that childhood you had for six years? That's about to end. Wow. (laughs) Holy shit. 
All of this is dark and weird. And it's like, this is a space movie. Why are you injecting brain slurry into people? Why don't you just transfer the fucking brain into a clone? Like, electronically. Like, oh, download the info, put it over there. There you go. If only there was some place we could send these children to be able to learn science. (laughs) (laughs) So they could have a normal life. Yeah, they would grow into it. Maybe come up with with new ideas and not just habitually rotate the same fucking ideas for 200 years that only one guy could come up with. Basically, the world only has 30 fucking scientists and it's the same dudes forever. Also, let's think about, like, what is the experience of that scientist like from the time they get brain slurried into, like, the time that the their knowledge or their brain is basically downloaded into this child? A four-year process, mind you. Oh, like, little increments of him, like, seeping through, like, the, the boy, like, it begins, he's like, you know, I think I, I think I like... Like adult things now. I really like like steak and mushrooms. No, I'm not even talking about. Fuck, I want to jerk it. I'm not even talking about the kids' experience, but clearly this is a a progression of consciousness from the old man on the table to the kid he will become. So, how Mm -hmm. does that happen? How does his consciousness? That's what I'm saying. This is what is the continuity of that. It's fucking it's terrifying to imagine that you're lost for four years and then you come into the fucking brain of a 10 year old child. It must be like having Alzheimer's in reverse. Like, oh, you know nothing and then you learn everything. Yeah, you're you're you. (laughs) And then like there's just a little bit of you, but mostly you're six. And then over the next four years, you slowly like sort of regain yourself. And then one day you're like, oh, shit. Why do I have a 10 year old's dick? This is not cool. You gotta, you gotta. So he keeps the memories from when he was like an adult. Yeah. And so like, he, and like he's 10 years old. He just wakes up one morning and fucking grabs a bottle and starts texting his ex and shit. Like, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> but it's like a 10 year old boy being like, you're a fucking whore. Like, it's gonna sleep with him again. Well, you took that in a weird place, Jeff. <laughs> I thought that shit would be funny. Can you imagine like a grown man in like a ten year old body and he's working out all his emotional stress from like when he before he got transferred into the fucking shit? That's funny as fuck. That's a good bit. Uh, can you what if they don't even have what if this isn't even like their choice? What if they just like, you know, when you work at a company, you can get transferred. What if your boss comes to you and says, Well, Bob, you're being transferred. Well, to where? Well, to a clone of yourself. See you in four years, Bob. <laughs> oh, <laughs> transferred to some size fives. It's a terrible fucking plot device for a this Star is, Wars movie. I don't. I wonder how long. I'm just interested in how Josh, long it's going to take. That's not fair. It's a terrible fucking plot device for any movie. It's so much to be explored. It's an episode of Black Mirror. I mean, it's not. Yeah, the, it's not a terrible concept. It just doesn't belong in a space wizard movie. This this no. is like really hard sci-fi stuff. It's, yeah. So they they did something very similar to this in a book called Old Man's War, um, okay. and it's it's very good for all the listeners. If you want to explore something like this, go read that book. We're reading this script. Nice. In the background, the limp body of the scholar on the operating table is removed, and another scientist is escorted into the operating theater. (laughs) God damn it! (laughs) It's like... What the fuck is this doctor's name? What is this name? George was like, how am I going to top that last batshit insane paragraph? Limp body (laughs) of the scholar. I got this. (laughs) Fuck. Oh no, I'm not this character. I'm not this character. <laughs> uh <clears throat> Oh Jesus. I see what you're talking about the name. <laughs> Dr. Bluttery, a portly doctor in his 40s, enters the room and shakes hands with the general. Gerald, this is Dr. Bluttery. He'll be making the trip with you. 
It's an honor to wait. <clears throat> I gotta come up with a. It's an honor to meet you, General. <laughs> I'm sure I. I'm. He's forty, which is very that old here. Sounds like a dot buttery. That sounds like it was, like you should do a vampire. Like okay, actually, this killer? this voice is someone I used to know. Oh, okay. His name was Ben Malbeck. He cleaned uh, bathrooms at the movie theater. Like that was his job, just cleaning bathrooms. He liked to talk about how, oh, I've died like four times. He would like just die on the table every time he went to the hospital. Practically, then he finally did die. Oh, God. Holy fuck! This is an amazing story. <laughs> it sounds true. like mall rats, but at the movie theater. Uh. <clears throat> okay, I got a different voice for him. Hold on. It's an honor to meet you, General. I'm sure I couldn't be in safer hands. The Chrome companies are extracting a high price indeed. Politics will be the ruin of us all. Careful. If we could rid ourselves of the politicians, generals would no longer be necessary. We should be ready by 0300. The doctors exit, leaving the general alone to watch the huge machines extract another brain. This is so fucking stupid. Jesus Christ. I regret everything I said good about this script. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> Don't do it, Anakin. I have the high ground. <laughs> You're not even a good clone. Okay, You're I have to stop. Clone. I have to stop you guys. Did you guys see the marshmallow high ground video? Yes. Oh my no. god. Wait, you didn't? Did or didn't? Did not. I did not. Okay. There's just like a marshmallow with a blue toothpick stuck into it and like a chocolate beard like up on this upturned sauce pot and he's got a, a face drawn on him and uh it's run it, you're seeing this over the audio from episode three of obi-wan saying you were supposed to be the chosen one you were supposed to lead us away from darkness not into it and then it cuts okay. to obi-wan or uh, Anakin going, I hate you, but it's just a marshmallow with a face drawn on it in the flames of a gas range. And right from uh. the start, you know what's coming, but I fucking laugh my ass off every time it loops around. I just watched it. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking face is great. You got to watch it with the audio later. Uh, it's uh, fantastic. That's funny. I hate you! <laughs> I want you to give my son my lightsaber when he's old enough. Uh, uh scene 62. Oh yeah. Spaceport observation deck, Tanawi. Governor Horace, General Vader, walk down a boarding ramp to the observation deck overlooking the conquered city of Gordon. They are followed by a number of aides and officers from the Royal Fleet. Below them, air tanks and other military equipment and supplies are being unloaded. Not much of a planet. Darth, you've done well. Do you think you'll have the Royal Family by nightfall? Yeah, Darth, tell us. (laughs) Party on, Darth. Party on, Wayne. (laughs) An advance expedition is already on its way to their underground hideaway. They should reach it by nightfall, but only if this Count Sandage can be trusted. A man hungry for power can always be trusted. To betray those in power, I'm sure this information is correct. Uh, I remember that I was Sandage, right? Yes. But I don't remember the voice I did. Jafar. Yeah, I like Jafar. Oh, that was the one that we... Okay, yeah. 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 Hidden Fortress Canyon, Tanawi. The huge rock face of the canyon opens, and two shabby agricultural land speeders are pushed into the late afternoon sun. A2 and C3 stand on the far side of the canyon with their guards watching in amazement. Wow. Wow. (laughs) The general and Captain Valor walk behind the men pushing the land speeder. We'll take them with us. They know they know more about that fortress than any ten men. They will be very useful. Can they be trusted? Loyalty can't be programmed. 
They can be trusted never to harm a living creature and to always give accurate information as they know it to anyone who asks. Just, at, just have to remember not to tell them anything you don't want to fall into the wrong hands. Those are some really dumb robot rules. Yes. Also, you can't program loyalty, but you can program the willies? It's fucking retarded shit. You can make them feel betrayal. <laughs> so they That's don't want to betray you. So All right. fucking stupid. Let's play All a new right. game. Let's play a new game. We, I love new games. We know George was good friends with Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, we all know that. Coppola funded his uh, THX 1138 feature film and produced it. Mm -hmm. So you're Francis Ford motherfucking Coppola. And George Lucas hands you this script and you read it and you have to tell George what you think of it. How the. Just I got I got you. I got you. I'm Francis. Hey, uh, hey, George, I, uh, I really like the part about the young boy uh, becoming the old man. Um, can we just retitle that Jack and let me shoot it in a couple of years? <laughs> <laughs> I got feelers out right now for Robin Williams. Robin fucking Williams. Hold up. Hold up. Did Francis Ford Coppola direct Jack? You did. Oh, we talked something. Oh, shit. That just doesn't seem like a Coppola film. <laughs> this doesn't seem like a fucking Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a David Lynch film titled Dune. Right. D Dune 2, the Duniest. <laughs> Dune 2, Electric Dunaloo. Dunaloo. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's what he did. He took the fucking old man going to the young boy and <laughs> made Jack. That's what this was. Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Brain Juice. <laughs> What's up with all these smart kids? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, this is the other thing that I didn't get until, like, further on. These uh, scientist brains, that's the price they have to pay to the Chrome Company. For safe passage. Like, I don't understand. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. The Chrome Company owns the planet that they're taking the princess to. So the queen gets on the phone. She's like, hey, Chrome Company. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Uh, my daughter is in some shit, and I need you guys to protect her. Oh, oh yeah, we can do that. We can do that. It'll cost you. What'll it cost you? 30 scientist brains. <laughs> Can you transport them in little small children? We need You're 30 a hard bargain. You're we need a hard bargain. We need 30 vials of scientist. And I'd like for I'd like uh, I like to have them in 4 years, please. Oh no, you, you got to raise the kid. It takes 10 years. <laughs> but you can't start injecting until the clone is 6. <laughs> and then it's a 4-year process. To actually convert the six-year-old into the grown-up scientist, man. See, Disney thought they got one over on George. He knew. He knew Disney'd fall for this this fucking plan. If that was actually the case, like if this was actually a real thing, they would always have clones ready to go to take a brain right now, and they would just kill the ones that didn't need brains. Oh yeah, they'd totally be prestige in those kids. It'd be fucking Logan. Yeah. It'd, be, yeah. it'd be Logan's run for the, the kids. They're like, oh, when you get to six, you you inject your fucking passenger, and at ten, you know, you kind of lose your sense of self. Like, so that that's the premise of a movie is just a, a a a fucking society that recycles itself. And why six? Because that's when kids turn into assholes. That's when they want action figures of themselves. Yeah, think about it. You know. A five-year-old kid is adorable. When you turn six, they start talking back. They start getting, oh, okay, that's it. You're turning into Murray now. <laughs> I wish you an old smart man. Yeah, see how you feel being an old smart man in a 10-year-old body, you little shit. 
<laughs> what the fuck? Watching Tic Tac. TikTok ass motherfucker. But about to be, here's about another to be problem. Every ep- episodes of Matlock. Here's another problem that just occurred to me. Take the best and the brightest minds in the world, these scientists, and then completely isolate them from any access to knowledge for 10 years and then drop them back in their field. They're going to be right. f- <laughs> fucking ineffective. What the fuck has happened? <laughs> what is this thing? That's true. Especially with how fast this technology seems to fucking move. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, taking a computer scientist 10 years ago, cryogenically freezing him and waking him up now and going yeah, like, hey, like, deal with these computers. I'd be like, uh, what? It'll take him fucking five years. Like the empire, the empire took this fucking planet over in three hours. A three, three hour, hour war. Like, imagine being away for 10 years when these people, these fuckers are fighting three hour wars. Like, there's no telling what the fuck's going to be around. Yeah, especially as scientists. Right. Nah. I, it, it definitely dates the writing of it. Next script. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. Oh, man, I broke it for you. I'm sorry. Fuck, I hate death now. Uh... The general approaches the two robots. A2 shyly moves around his taller companion. Greetings. Wait. Um, I'm Captain Valor. Oh, no. I'm you're, Obi-Wan. You're Skywalker yeah. and... Obi-Wan. Okay, my bad. Um, greetings. I'm Luke. Agricultural engineering. We're going to be traveling together. You're going to help us set up a Horta station on Kandalar. C3 shakes hands with the general. I'm C3, human-cyborg relations. Your kindness is greatly appreciated. C3 and the general both look down at A2. C3 gives the smaller android a little kick. A2, fusion repair. Load them into one of the speeders. Captain Oxus, walking with a slight limp, emerges from the other... Have... have any, has anyone voiced him yet? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Captain o- Oh, he doesn't speak anyway. Never mind. Captain Oxus, walking with a slight limp, emerges from the underground fortress with the royal family. A small group of guards and aides are lined up, standing at attention. The two young princes, princes Oeta and Puck, hug and kiss their mother goodbye, then jump into the back of the larger four-man speeder. The princess bows before her mother, then embraces her. Tears roll down her cheeks. Her mother wipes them away. You must learn strength. The princess turns and moves to the larger speeder, where she is helped aboard by Captain Valor. I don't need your No, help. no, I'm Thank her now, remember? I took oh, her over. Her now. Okay, cool. I don't need your help. Thank you. <laughs> way better. LSP. She gives the general an angry look. I'm afraid he's necessary. A commotion erupts at the mouth of the underground fortress. Count Sandage, several senators, and 10 to 12 troopers rush into the canyon and block... Why not just say a number? And, tw- and 10 to 12 troopers rush into the canyon and block the speeders. Where are you going? What is this? In one <laughs> quick movement, the general moves between Sandage and the queen. Oxus and Valor assume defensive positions in front of the princess and her brothers. Zara and the boys are being taken to safety. It is my wish. The king has assured their safety. They must stay. It is not my wish. (laughs) It is my wish. (laughs) Argument. It is not my wish. What the fuck? General, you've gone too far this time. Arrest him! Five troops start to move on the general as Sandage draws his laser pistol. Uh, sorry, I needed to change music. Before anyone can complete his action, the general ignites his laser sword and cuts the senator in two. Wait, who? What? He killed Sandage? Holy fuck! What the fuck? He drops to the ground in a heap. And the approaching troops stop in their tracks. Stop this. 
The general, Valor, and Oxus replace their swords and bow low to the queen. All of the troops, senators, and aides do the same. The formalness of the occasion is broken when the queen embraces the general. She then turns and embraces each of the captains. They are both flustered and somewhat embarrassed and hard. Oh, give me a second. Give me a second. <laughs> I love the idea that the bad guy's like, you will not get away with this. He's got his defense plans. Then he's just three Jedi just fuck him up. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just fucking cut in half, like <laughs> he's just trying to pull like the ultimate bad dude move, and they're like, "Get fucked, <laughs> <laughs> get wrecked, bitch!" Holy shit, you have no power here. <laughs> Sorry, God, I need to take a second for that. Fuck. Okay, <clears throat> may the force of others be with you. <laughs> the general and his <laughs> captains head for the speeders while the queen and all the others return to the underground fortress. Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. What's up, docs and docettes? Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed Looney Tunes critic here, and if you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago. Hey, what the fuck? Watch your language, bud. Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on youtube.com slash ferriswheelhouse2, or just use the hashtag LooneyTunesCritic. And now, here's Eric Bauza, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. You've been listening to the Looney Tunes Critic. Ain't he a stinker? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lights. Camera. Action. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, back to Table Reads. Alright, so shit's going down, people are getting cut in half. You guys want to just jump right back in and read some more? <laughs> Do it. I-, I need something that makes sense. Let's go. Fade in. <clears throat> The two speeder, uh, Desert Bluff, Tanawi. The two speeders edge their way onto a bluff overlooking the hidden fortress canyon. They stop for one last reflective moment, forced to leave their closest friends and relatives. The group is deeply moved. The two robots, for the most part, are puzzled. Suddenly, there is a huge atomic flash followed by a loud rumble, and the entire canyon collapses into a large crater. The group quietly watches the dust settle. The hidden fortress and all its inhabitants have been destroyed. The general watches the princess, who appears to take it well. It was the only way that we could save... It was the only way we could be safe from treachery. Isn't her mom down there? I don't know. I thought her mom was Zara, but Zara's the princess. And the queen isn't her mom. It's the queen of this planet. The but queen the is her mom. There. The queen's her mom. I thought the... Okay. Never mind. So I think her mom just died to prevent treachery. This shit's dumb. Dune C. Tanawi. The two sleek land speeders glide effortlessly through the vast hills and valleys of the Dune Sea. At the base of the towering ridge, the four-man speeder stops. 
The smaller speeders, with Valor and the two robots, make its way to the top of the ridge. Captain Valor stops the speeder just short of the top of the ridge. He gets out and continues the rest of the way on foot. The young captain peeks over the ridge into the canyon below. Muted sounds and large dust clouds rise from the canyon floor. Valor immediately ducks back behind the ridge with an amazed look on his face. He quickly returns to the speeder and picks up the intercom. Sir, you'd better come look at this, but come easy. The four-man speeder starts with a crack and slowly moves up the side of the imposing dune. It stops next to the smaller speeder. The general and Oxus get out and make their way to the top of the ridge where they join Valor. Far in the distance, crossing the endless dune sea, is the Royal Invasion Army. It is immense. A convoy of giant tanks, troop carriers, and supply ships stretch from horizon to horizon. Cavalry, mounted on giant dune birds, ride the line from one end of the convoy to the other. Hundreds of troops ride one-man jet sticks in precision formation. <laughs> Their lances form a giant pincushion. It is an awesome sight. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> giant pincushion. I, I mean, gi- giant pincushion. Picture it, right? Totally awesome. Cinema coming history. From, they're coming from the spaceport at Anchorhead, which means they control everything between here and the spaceport at Gordon. Can we go around them? No. We'll have to wait for them to pass. Captain Valor, see if you can monitor any of their communications on the comm link and the big speeder. Valor returns to the speeder. He collapses in the large speeder next to the princess and flips on the comm link radio, moving back and forth across the dial. Must you do that? Valor smiles rather sarcastically. Orders. The invasion forces just cut us off. We'll probably be here for some time. You ought to stretch a bit. Is that a command, General? Maybe I feel like watching after my brothers. Valor looks back at the two sleeping boys. They're not going. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. They're not going anywhere. They're asleep. I want to stay with them. (laughs) I've gone full lumpy space princess. (laughs) She is a space princess. It it follows. It's better than what I had going on. Why not just add the lumpy? Yeah, lumpy. Actually, she is lumpy. She got punched in the face. This bitch is literally a lumpy space princess. You did it. Perfect voicing. Library. Palace of Light. Tonawi. The king's old library has been converted into an office for General Vader. He is sitting behind his desk as Captain Dodona of the Letau Legions enters and salutes. Uh, If you guys don't remember, the Letau Legions is the Sith. Oh. The Legionnaire is dressed in the fascist black and chrome uniform of the legendary Letau 100, the SS, the general returns his salute. Welcome, Captain Dodona. Your exploits are legendary. I have long waited to meet you. If there is any way I can assist you, my entire command is at your bidding. I want a tie-in to your computer network, a control center, and communication access. Right away. I'll also transfer all information we have on the general. His command post was destroyed, but we believe he is still alive. Do you really believe he's a die? If he was not a die, I wouldn't be here. Wasteland, Tanawi. I like that voice, by the way. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but I like it. (laughs) No idea. Just generally bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the guy who's offering you drugs on property. <laughs> That's him. Want to play some J's? Would you like to have heroin? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps a dime bag. A dime bag. <laughs> Yo, 
I got some vials full of brains. <laughs> Want would to be you, a famous scientist? <laughs> would you like to be an old man in four years? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, this shit'll make you a different person in like You'll four to know. ten years. Yes, but it's slow. You'll know trigonometry by noon. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Oh, the Why brain the juice. Get me? The brain juice is the fucking gift that keeps on giving. You yeah, haven't even mentioned it again. We're the ones that keep Give me the brain like- juice. <laughs> I have all these vitals of smart. <laughs> it's called smart. It's I'm called so smart. smart. <laughs> no A, though. No A. <laughs> yeah, smart. 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 So you can trademark it. Uh, the speeders make their way across the gray desert. It is dawn. The twin suns have yet to rise in the green sky. The speeders are coated with dust and grime, indicating that they have traveled far. The two captains drive through the night as everyone else sleeps. Valor calls Oxus on the intercom. <clears throat> Valor. <clears throat> My bad. <clears throat> How are your fuel packs? I'm reading minus four. I'm too low to transfer any. The general, who appeared to be asleep, opens his eyes, and takes the microphone from Oxus. There is a fuel station 14 degrees by 2 meters. The occupation force should have control of it by now, so hide your weapons, but keep them within reach. Fuel station, Tanawi. A young boy is getting power converters. No, wait, sorry. The the Tashi station. Yeah. Thank you for getting that, Jeff, because I really felt like that fell flat. I got you, man. I'll raise the I'll raise the bits. <laughs> a series of low concrete structures rise out of the desert. The speeders stop in front of an old weather-beaten blockhouse. The rusted hulk of a land speeder lies half buried to one side of the building. Valor and Oxus jump out of the speeder and go into the blockhouse. Interior fuel station, Tanawi. The two young captains, dressed as farmers, Enter the dingy little fuel station. It is quiet. A few power packs line the walls and a dismantled speeder rests in the, in the repair bay. There is a sharp dripping sound coming from the speeder. It appears that no one is there. Justin? Greetings. Who's in charge here? They look around the deserted station but find no attendant. An eerie quiet pervades the building. I don't get it. You don't have to. It's abandoned. What a dick. (laughs) Oxus opens a door leading to a storage area and stops short. Not quite abandoned. Valor moves to the doorway and sees the attendant, his wife and small daughter, hanging upside down, tortured to death. Motherfucker! Holy fuck! How do you know that was his wife and daughter? (laughs) (laughs) they they could have been customers smocks they've got smocks that say wife and daughter on them yeah that's what it is father wife daughter oh jesus this next line oxus cuts them down they shouldn't have resisted oh jesus what the fuck way to blame the victim motherfucker He should have just done what the officer wanted. George Lucas is a straight... You know what? That's what people are saying now, though. Oh, if they just complied. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think these people didn't want... Not want to burn them. Like, they were just there to murder them anyway. Like, it shouldn't have resisted. Like, I'll be honestly... That's probably what happened because they didn't resist. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe a better line would have been... They probably should have resisted. Or literally like, well, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else would have been better. Also, George uh-huh. Lucas is like, so there's this um, young girl. Um, she's maybe six. She's been tortured to death and just hanging upside down. <laughs> you could have just stopped that's it. A- like, it could have just been four military dudes. 
Yeah. Like, he's just been anything. Or just this one attendant. Sick. Like, maybe don't have his little girl there. There's echoes of this in when he comes back and finds Uncle Owen and Amberu. Yeah, like two adults that should have resisted. Or yeah. shouldn't have resisted. Yeah. yeah two, two adults. Not like a little girl who's been tortured to death. At least Owen and Baru look like they were like blasted. Yeah. yeah, but in this world, that honestly, that 10-year-old girl may be a 200-year-old man. That's true. That's true. <laughs> she wasn't a little girl. She had the brain juice. She was actually the brains of the situation. That's yeah, funny. She, she's the one that had all the knowledge of how to run the cash register. Coming, coming into this situation with thing like brain juice, you have to assume that all the children have the knowledge of a hundred-year-old man. Oh. So, like... You don't know who to fuck it, who to be like, oh, that poor child? Me and yeah, child? Yeah, so like you're tortured and you're like, tell me the secrets. And they're like, I only play Fortnite. Right. Like, <laughs> and if they're younger than that, if it's like a real young child, you can go, well, they were probably just going to be brain juiced anyway. Fucking clones. <laughs> you know, we should have a war over it. <laughs> Star War. A smart war. I, I'm at a Clone War. <laughs> a Star War. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that got shot. <laughs> Fuck. Valor grabs two power packs from the shelf. <laughs> well, they're dead. Let's just shoplift from them. Right. Loot, loot, loot. Help me with these power packs. We'd better get them. We better move out of here. Oxus covers the family with an old work tarp. He bows to the dead, then reluctantly grabs a couple of power packs and they start for the door. Oxus stops for a moment. Hear that? Someone's here. We're friends. Show yourself. Silence. Oxus shrugs his shoulders and they start out the door only to run straight into a burly stormtrooper. Get out of here! Fuel station, Tanawi. Oxus and Valor are pulled out of the doorway and shoved into the center of a group of 15 or 20 royal stormtroopers who have surrounded the two speeders. Several troops have pulled General Skywalker out of the speeder. He acts senile, like a man twice his age. Uh, uh, I, I love that... I'm, uh, I was saying, I love that like they're they're like sitting there, and there's like some hanging, dangling bodies of the owners of the shop, and then they've just got handfuls of stolen shit. They're like, it was like this when we found it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I can still move about my by myself. A rough-looking sergeant grabs Captain o- Oxus. What are you doing here? We're out of power, sir. Let me see your passes. I have it here somewhere. We've been relocated to a Horta station by royal order. Oxus fumbles to retrieve something from his pocket and eventually pulls out a small round disc. The sergeant puts the disc in a small portable reader. Various computer readouts are displayed on the monitor. Valor starts to put a power pack into one of the speeders. What are you doing here? All power has been restricted. We've run out. We must have power or be forced to stay here and become your responsibilities. The sergeant thinks about this for a moment as the old wise general watches him. Tension fills the air. Valor shuffles around to position where he can reach his weapon. A trooper hands the sergeant a message. Take only two of those power packs and then move out quickly. The sergeant hurries to a military craft where he takes a call on on an intercom. General Skywalker and his two young captains load the remaining power packs into the speeder and roar away from the station. Wasteland, Tanawi. The speeders race along the rocky desert wasteland. The general speaks into the intercom to Valor. Keep a close watch. If that sergeant runs an analysis on those passes, we might be seeing him again. We should be safely inside Gordon within the day. Everyone is in good spirits. 
the princess and her young brothers sing a Tonawi melody, which is transmitted to Valor in the smaller speeder. The general takes little Puck and lets him sit on his lap in the forward compartment of the speeder. A2 flexes C3's arm back and forth, attempting to discover the cause of a loud squeak. Oilard doesn't seem to help at all. It's all this filth and dust. This environment is murderous. Valor notices a small speck on the horizon. Object approaching. Bearing 3.2. The general looks through an electro-telescope mounted in the speeder. Of course it is. He spots a distant row of troopers riding strange dune birds. Dune birds. Dune birds. It's a patrol. It could mean trouble. We'd better split up. You stay on a direct course. We'll meet at the western edge of Ravine 2364. Stay in contact. A larger speeder makes a sharp left turn, speeding off across the deep ravine. Valor can begin to distinguish the approaching troopers. It looks like there are ten of them. They're heading right for me. But wait a second. They disappeared. I've lost them. Continue on ahead. Wasteland Lake Bed, Tanawi. Oxus deftly maneuvers the bulky speeder through a narrow boulder-strewn ravine. They eventually come out on a dry lake bed, where they stop. Standing not more than a hundred feet away, apparently waiting for the speeder, are five royal troops on their dune birds. We found them, five of them, anyway. Watch yourself. The troops slowly ride their huge birds over to the speeder and dismount. The officer in charge is a vicious-looking warrior with a large scar across his face. Let me see your passes. Oxus hands him the small pass disc, and he places it in his reader. He studies the computer readout for a few moments, and then returns the disc to Oxus. Have you seen any other transports in this area? We saw two heading south, going towards Ansel. Look to me. All right. Be on your way. The officer mounts his dune bird and the patrol moves away. Oxus winks at the princess and smiles to the general as the speeder starts off across the dry lake. I lied. (laughs) (laughs) The general fiddles with the intercom. Captain Valor, are we clear? I have five troopers approaching. Any problem on your end? We came through all right. You shouldn't have any trouble, but stay alert. Best wishes, here we come. Everyone rides along in silence, a little worried about Captain Valor, especially the princess. Do you think he'll be all right? (laughs) He can take care of himself. Aweda is looking out the back window of the speeder. Hey, Hey. look! Oh, wait. I was going to be that because I can do a little kid pretty well. Do your little kid, man. Hey, look! They're coming back! Everyone looks to see the patrol quickly gaining on them. Stop! They're faster! Get your weapon! The speeder screeches to a halt in a cloud of dust. Excuse me. The The speeder screeches to a halt in a cloud of dust. The general and his captain jump from the transport with the laser pistols drawn. The patrol bears down on them, swords drawn, at full charge. Both the general and Oxus fire. Two of the troopers and their dune birds explode in a cloud of smoke. The remaining three troopers are upon the duo in a matter of seconds. The general ignites his laser sword and cuts down two of them as they pass. The last turns his bird around before reaching the speeder and hightails it back towards the ravine. The general jumps out of the riderless dune birds and takes off in pursuit. Oxus checks the dead troopers fade out holy shit was that abrupt it's just i mean this the last part of that was just kind of like normal movie there really yeah. wasn't a lot to talk about we i mean from- i mean the leaving us us leaving was abrupt oh because oh. Josh has places to be. I do. Unfortunately. Out. 
Um, so let's just get to the plug and Josh, tell people where they can find you. Uh, you guys can find me at joshuajbaker.com. I'm doing a lot of video work lately. Uh, I'm still doing voiceover work, but uh, mostly been focused on video work lately, just like the way that the, the market is going right now. But you can reach out to me directly uh, in email, josh, J-O-S-H, at joshuajbaker.com. And as always, Table Reads Podcast stuff is at tablereadspodcast.com. Also, go to patreon.com slash tablereads to sign up for all the goodies there. And I also have another podcast called Stargirl After Show. It's all about CW Stargirl. We have interviews with cast members every single week on that show. So check it out at stargirlaftershow.com. You guys have been so fucking lovely sitting there and listening to us and not bothering us. I don't know how you could, but hey. um, Thanks for not being a bother, fans. (laughs) (laughs) Bother me. You've been great sitting there quietly listening, Uh, and we love you. So we'll see you next week, and until then, you can be damn sure that we will miss you. This podcast was created by Sean McBee. For more, visit TableReadsPodcast.com. Cut to black.